You see what I got right here? This is from a logger. But this is what's holding a lot of you back right now. There's a lot of you in here may have a chain this big tied to you. And some of you got something this big. And you've been toting around your whole entire life. You've been toting around everywhere you go. Some of you just hangs around your neck. Some of you just drags you everywhere you go. And I'm confident, guys, that if you allow God to do work in your life today, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, if you'll truly take the step of faith, then he's going to break those chains in your life today. Amen? Because I believe, because I know, there's power in the name of Jesus. And I don't know if y'all felt it, but I felt it, that the Holy Spirit is up in here today. And you can sit and you can ignore, but that's on you. But he's here. Amen? Whew. I might dance. Y'all might see something you ain't never seen before today. But if you, are, if you are here today and this is your first time, I want to say welcome. I'm excited that you're here. And, uh, and I'm not always this jacked up, but today you get, I reckon you get a little treat. Um, I took the brakes off before I got here this morning. But thank you guys for coming. Um, if you're our first-time guest, just, man, fill out that information and put it in the, in the uh, offering bucket or give it to some, somebody in a blue shirt when you leave because um, we would love to be able to follow up with you and just pray with you. No obligation to come back. We just want to pray with you, be able to love on you, and, uh, and just really care for you guys. So um, I just uh, I think that through this series, a recap of last week, I asked you guys to, to do three things. Can you remember what those three things were? One thing, commit. My man said commit. Yes, commit to coming. Commit to, if, if you can't, if you can't uh, make it, listen to the podcast. It's the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced is hearing myself on, on the radio in my truck. It's like, you know, I really am as country as they say I am. <laughs> commit, okay, come. Participate, all right? Not just amen in me, okay? I need that. No, you awake. But amen in me, but also I want you guys to participate. Like, do what we ask you to do. And today is going to be one of those steps I need you to, to, to activate and do, Okay? We'll get to that in a minute. But also, I want you to, to, to stay up with us. Commit to stay with us. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to deal with in order to get to a better story in your life. And there's some stuff that you have pushed back because it hurts so bad. There's stuff that you've pushed back because you don't want to face it. But let me tell you, being uncomfortable is what gets us to the next level. Amen? So I want you to just remain uncomfortable, but realize that it don't stop here. God's going to bring you to the other side. Just keep walking it out. Amen? So y'all be with me on that. Today is where we all want to be, and this is where I want to be, is John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some translations say have it more abundantly. Jesus said he didn't come for you to live a half-hearted life. He didn't come for you to live a life stuck in bondage. He didn't come for you to live a life stuck in fear, stuck in disappointment, stuck in feeling like you're a failure. He didn't live. He didn't die for that. He died so that you may have life to the full. And I, and I tell you, most of us will never experience the full life that God wants us to have unless we give it to God, unless we release it and say, God, you know what? This burden is too hard for me to carry, and I want you to take it from me. Amen? Amen. But we have to be intentional with doing that because our self-reliant nature wants us to do it and get the glory and say, look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan wants to steal your joy. Satan wants to steal your progress. Satan wants to steal your voice so that he can take over your family. And Satan knows that if he, he, if he steals your identity and who you are, you don't know that you're wrapped up in Jesus. He don't know. We realize that, that when Satan realizes, and he realized, I'm sorry, let me get my thoughts together. When Satan realized that as long as he keeps us confused of not knowing who we are, then he can tell us who he wanted us to be. 
And a lot of us in this room have been listening to the voices outside of God's Word so long, we don't know what to do because the world tells us that you're accepted this way one day and then you're accepted this way the next, the next day. And so we're walking in this anxiety, this fear, not knowing how to please anybody because the standard keeps changing. Anybody can relate to me? And so we, 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 we go around just hopping and skipping and jumping around, not knowing how to be satisfied because we're looking for confirmation and, and, and just we're looking for acceptance in the eyes of everyone around us instead of the eyes of the God that created us. And until we get a hold of that, nothing's going to change. We're going to keep going through this same vicious cycle, and, and it's like it's insanity. And we get hopeless. We feel like nothing's going to change. Why do I need to keep going? Why do I need to keep going to church? But evidently, God ain't listening. How many of y'all Satan said that to you? And you, and you build, and, and next thing you know, you're just you're walking further and further away from God. Because your life has been defined by the things of your past, not by what God has redeemed you from. Amen? So let's pray. And let's get into the message. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord. I'm boldly and, and, and God humbly asking you, Lord Jesus, to open our eyes. God, often we look at our life in the way we are right now. We look at it from our perspective, but God, give us your perspective today. God, give us your eyes to see where we are. God, break down the pridefulness in our hearts. Because, Lord, I know that where transparency is, it kills hypocrisy. So, Lord, we cannot be hypocrites. We can't be fake if we're being transparent before you, God. So, Lord, give us the boldness and the courage to step out today and be transparent in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I want you to, I want to realize that, that um, our experiences often fool us, you know? Our experiences often fool us. I remember as a kid... You know, remember, remember as a kid, and a lot of us did it in youth, when somebody would stand up and it would be the, it would be the trust fall. Y'all remember that? You would, you'd, have to, you'd have to just fall back and trust somebody was going to catch you. All right? Now, how many of you got dropped? All right, my, my man. There's two of us in here. I thought I was by myself. I got you, Jeremy. I got you. Just do it. Just do it. All right, I'm with you. Next thing you know, your head just like boom on the floor. Because me and Rick, our head is the biggest part of our body, so we, bam, we, it's like a train going to the ground. And when you experience things like that, it's like I can't trust anybody. I put my trust in this person. I put my trust in these people, and they have failed me. They've let me down. And so we walk through our whole entire life feeling like we can't trust anyone. Is that true? No. Our experiences are not often reality. Because we begin to, to use our experiences to, to form what we think and how we should respond to things. We covered that last week. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus wants to give you life and give it more abundantly. But we have to give it to him, amen? You know, and I think the way we get to that, we've all been hurt. We've all had issues. We've all had things that have hurt us while we're going through life. And some of us, we've been hurt worse than others. And some of us have been hurt deeper than others. But what happens is, is we go through life and we don't deal with those things that have hurt us. We don't give them to God. We just continue to tote them things along. And what happens is, is we look like a man or a woman with leprosy. We got sores all over us because we're not dealing with it. And if you got a sore, if you got a, if I got a sore spot on your arm and you hit something, well, it hurts, don't it? It don't take much to irritate it. That's why a lot of us spaz out and go off on people because we got some kind of irritation. We got some kind of sore spot in our life, and as soon as something rubs it, it's like, get off me, man. Y'all with me? Y'all smile some. Act like you love being here. And so those sore spots, it, it, I mean, a sore spot is anything that brings anxiety, anything that brings despair, condemnation on us. That, that specific thing or that topic or those circumstances that when it gets brought up, when it gets talked about, when it gets poked, it brings on the same old rejection, the same old feeling, the same hopelessness. And you could be having a great day and somebody say that name and it has all went downhill from there. Russell, that's right. 
I called Russell, I called Russ Russell this week, and that's what his mama used to call him when he got in trouble, and he corrected me right quick. Don't call me Russell. I was like, you might be from Savannah, but I'm from Milan. I will take you down, boy. Don't talk to me like that. But that's the thing. There's, there's things that, that, that spur that off. Maybe, maybe the sore spot reminds you of who you're not. Maybe it reminds you who you're not. Maybe you see that person that has what you want, and you can't seem to obtain it, and you see those perfect people, and you see that they're happy and all those things, and you envy that so much that it gets you to a place where you almost are bitter because you're not them. I just bumped somebody's. Maybe, maybe it's a place that where you come from. Maybe you, maybe you came from a place. Maybe you were grew up poor and you grew up where you didn't have anything, and 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 you, and, and you worked your whole life to try to have something, and and you see people that everything's just been handed to, and you just get upset and mad. It's like, well, how come I haven't arrived yet? I've done my time, and we get mad and we get upset that we're not where we thought we should be. And we think God's abandoned us. Maybe it brings negativity from the forefront. Maybe it informs you that you're not good enough. You know, there's some of us in this room that our, our parents have damaged us. I'm just going to be real. Our parents have damaged us. They did the best they could do. They didn't know what they, they, didn't know what they were doing. That's what, I'm scared to death. I'm doing that with Payson. I'm like, man, that young is going to have counseling one day. But it's, the thing is, is, is that maybe you've been told, uh, one of the things that damaged me in, in high school was, was uh, I struggled with fitting in, I struggled with, and, and with rejection, never wanted to be rejected. And, and one of the things that got me in high school, when I went back to think about the source thing that drove me to where I was, well, it all came down, and I'm not, I'm not saying woe was me, but it all came down to a teacher one day that had influence over me that said, uh, when I, I told her I wasn't going to college because I hated school, she said, you'll never be nothing. And she meant that to encourage me, and it did. But I was, I was going to prove her wrong if I died, and it affected every relationship I had because everything I did, I was trying to prove her wrong. You know what? She probably don't even remember saying that to me, but it was a sore spot in my heart, and I worked every day. I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going to work harder today. I'm going to work harder than you because I'm going to show that teacher she was wrong. I am worth something. I am going, I am, I am going to be something. I am going to be somebody. And then when I finally got to where I thought I had arrived, it was like God said, are you satisfied yet? And I still feel empty. I still feel unfulfilled. It was like, I get to the top, I feel like, oh, I have arrived. And then I'm like, then I'm mad because it didn't give me the, 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 the peace I thought it was going to give me. Can anybody relate to that? We're driven by things that, that hurt us instead of realizing that a lot of those things are a lie to keep us in the wilderness from God. As long as we're chasing things that don't matter, we won't be, be the people of purpose that God's called us to be. You know, maybe, maybe that sore spot is, is something that, that you wish you could have done different. Maybe it's something that, that you think will never go away. Maybe you're like, you know what, this will chase me for the rest of my life. And you think, and you feel despair, you, feel, you just feel like it's hurt. Maybe, I mean, I, I've often thought about it's the death of somebody. Maybe it's the death of a parent or death of, of a family member. I thought about that when my granddaddy passed away. I was like, I was fine, but then I began to think about everything that I didn't say to him. I didn't tell him how much he meant to me. I didn't tell him all those things. I had all these regrets, and I had to sit there and say, Jeremy, if you would have said this, if you would have said that, maybe it would have changed the way your family thinks about you. Maybe you would have changed this, but then I realized this past week, that all that was a lie. Satan was trying to keep me off the track. Amen? You see what I'm saying? If he can keep us focused in the wrong directions, then we won't ever pursue the things that really matter. So a lot of us walk through life with all these hurts, with all this pain of unfulfillment. And it don't take much to bump it and we're upset. And I want us to understand, it's kind of, I, 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 people that have been around me, I have the... I'm, I'm dangerous when you work around me. I will get wounded in a hurry. Look at my track record. This past, um, Sabrina and I were out there. We were, we were, uh, I'm trying to turn my wife into a rancher. It's, it's, it's not working real well. But we were out there uh, worming the sheep. All right? We were out there in the sheep pasture worming the sheep. So I said, oh, we, got a, we got these jokers pinned up finally 
After I done throwed a fit, we got them th- pinned up, and Sabrina's going to, she's going to help me, okay? I, I'm going to hold that joker down to give him the worm, and she's going to give me the syringe. All right. I'm in here like Stone Cold Steve Austin, baby. I got this joker in the headlock. I got him linked back. Give it to me. And she's fumbling with it. Long enough for this joker to realize that I ain't as bad as he thinks I am, Okay? And that joker starts moving, moving, and it throws me into the, into the side of the fence. And there's a ragged piece of fence that just gashes my arm. And I'm talking, it was so deep, Sabrina was like, you need stitches. And I'm a man, you know, I don't need stitches. So I, I, this thing is just, just gaping open. What, what did I do? I ain't getting stitches. I ain't wearing no Band-Aid. Band-Aid's for sissies. I ain't wearing no Band-Aid either. So I'm going and doing it. It took that thing two months to heal up. I kept bumping it. I kept rubbing it against stuff. You know, all because I was so hard-headed, I wouldn't put a Band-Aid on. And a lot of us are that same way. There's been, see, see, the reason God designed us, where we're supposed to cover a wound up, is so we can heal from the inside out. That's why we're bodies designed. And if we don't allow something to cover our wounds, we will never heal. And a lot of us have been struggling for the same thing for years and years and years because we've never allowed the blood of Jesus to cover our wounds. We've never felt worthy enough to allow him to cover our, our problems, our shortcomings. We've never allowed the grace of God to just really sink into our heads and realize that he covers all of our sins. So we're doing life on our own. I'm going to heal in my own time. And you keep bumping into stuff. And you keep, I mean, I've ruined so many shirts because I was just hard-headed. How many people do we ruin relationships and hurt because we won't deal with the sore spots in our life? It's not their fault that that happened. See, it's so important that we deal with those issues that, that make us respond in things that, that, don't, that, that don't please God. And often we feel, then when we have those sore spots, what? I'm supposed to be able to overcome this, right? I, in Christ, I am more than an overcomer, right? We quote those scriptures, Right? So, so, we quote, so then when we don't overcome it, we're like, maybe, maybe God's word is not true. Maybe, 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 I'm, maybe I'm not saved. We start having all these questions come up instead of realizing that you're not dealing with the problem. You're dealing with the symptoms. I want you to realize that if we don't deal with the sore spots in our life, it will eventually ruin us. God didn't design you to carry that burden that you're carrying right now. You know, if we don't deal with it, they'll overtake us and inevitably they will separate us from the abundant life that Jesus desires for each of you. Jesus desires for you to have a a fulfilled life. Somebody, you need to tell yourself that. You need to say, Jesus desires for me to have a life to the fullest. You know, if we don't deal with it, it will just wreck us. The Bible's full of people, full of people that did not deal with the sore spots in their life and it took them off the path in which God had planned for them. In Genesis 4, you got Cain. And y'all know who Cain is? Cain, when he brought his half-hearted sacrifice to God, which he thought, all right, I'm going to give you some of this, God. And God rejected him. He allowed that rejection to fester. He allowed that disappointment to fester. He felt rejected from God. He felt rejected from everyone else. He let it fester. He didn't deal with that problem. And what happened? He killed his brother. See, sore spots, they'll continue to grow if we don't deal with it. That's why it's so important. Some of us have the sore spot of bitterness. We're bitter about stuff that happened. You know what bitterness will do? It will consume your whole entire life, and you are no fun to be around. Bitterness will consume you and make you into being a monster because it don't take but just a little bit to make that fuse go off and you have just wreaked havoc on people that didn't deserve it. Because we choose not to deal with why we're bitter. How about Joseph? Joseph's brothers, in Genesis 37, we talked about Joseph last week and we talked about how how Joseph was not defined by his situation, circumstances, and we often, we look at his brothers and they're the bad guys, right? How could they do that to their brothers? 
to their own flesh and blood. How could his brothers do that to him? Send him into slavery because they had a sore spot. Their, their father rejected them. And, and, and so every time they seen Joseph, he was the golden child. He was the favorite. Huh? Any of y'all here ain't never been the favorite? Oh, y'all ashamed. There you go. Some of y'all got it. You don't feel like you're the favorite. You feel like you feel like you're, even though it's reality, sometimes that's not a reality. But we feel like our parents favor one over the other. We don't feel like the favorite. We feel rejected. We feel less. We feel like we got to work harder than our sibling in order to make our parents see value in us. And so their brothers, his brothers kept feeling that way. And you know, when you keep seeing somebody that's getting praise and you're doing the same thing and you realize you're not the favorite, you just want to get it out of your life, right? See, if we don't deal with sore spots, it makes us do unrational things, irrational things. So his brothers reacted out of that hurt they felt. They just wanted somebody to love them. They just wanted, they just wanted acceptance in their father's eyes, and, if, and they couldn't quite get it. So they said, you know what? If I can't get that, I'm going to get rid of the problem. I'm going to get rid of Joseph because he's the problem. See, a lot of you in this room, you've been getting rid of people out of your life, and the problem isn't the people. It's you not dealing with the situation in your heart. Ain't going to get no amen on that, am I? Oh, it's them. Sometimes we got to look at the circumstances. If it's always somebody else, chances are it ain't everybody. It ain't everybody. Y'all with me? It might be you. I'm not trying to condemn you today. I'm trying to let you realize that we point the finger at everybody else instead of dealing with our own issues. And if you would just deal with you, if you just deal with what's, what's making you respond the way you're responding in hurt and bitterness, maybe, maybe, maybe you feel like you've been told like you're not good enough your whole entire life. I know a person that, that their parents, a parent, told them their whole life that, you know, if you want to go to college, you got to be, you ain't, you know, you gotta be smart to go to college. Not really insinuating they were dumb, but just saying you got to be smart. And they took that of thinking I'm, I'm too dumb to go to college. I want to go, I want to do this. I want to go work at this place. Well, you know what? You got to be smart to do that. And when you're told that over and over and over by somebody that has influence in your life, you begin to believe a lie that Satan puts in your head. And we begin to have that sore spot of thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not adequate. We have that, that fault to it. We feel like we'll never be good enough. We won't never measure up. So we walk through life feeling defeated, and we, and we, don't, we don't take risks. We don't do things because we feel like we're always going to be a failure. And we don't deal with that sore spot, and we allow Satan to rob us of so much of a blessing that, he, that God wants to use us. God wants to use you in a huge way, but you won't get over the hurt from the past. You won't get over the, the, the feeling like you're condemned and you won't never be good enough, so you just sit still and don't do nothing. And you never get to, uh, to feel or experience the goodness of God using you as he purposeful. And I could keep going on, but you know, King Saul, he's a great, great example of that. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, it starts out with Saul, King Saul, first king of Israel. And, and you know, what happens is, 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 is King Saul, he was, I mean, he was, the Bible says he was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was, man, he was a, he was a good-looking man. He was a, a very strong man. And he allowed his insecurities to overcome him. And he could have had the best right-hand man ever, but yet David was getting more praise than he was getting. So he allowed his jealousy, his insecurity to overtake him, and he just wanted to get rid of David. And it robbed not only King Saul, but the whole country of Israel of, of experiencing a great king. And their first king was a failure because he allowed his insecurities to overcome him. He didn't deal with the sore spot of insecurity. He was worried more about the praise of everyone else. And then he pushed David away from him. You know, maybe, maybe your sore spot is, is something happened in your childhood. I, I can name a lot of different things, and I might not name yours. But maybe something happened to you in your childhood. I heard a lady um, a, good, a good while ago shared some of her testimony with me and, and something, uh, she got abused when she was a kid and she said she felt like her whole entire life because of that one 
brief time in history, brief time in her past, that one time that she was abused, sexually abused, she felt like that she was not worthy to be loved by anybody else. She felt like she wasn't worthy. She felt like she was was unworthy of love because that shouldn't have happened to her. And she let that define her whole entire life until she dealt with that sore spot and God freed her from that. Amen? But she would have constantly lived in that rejection unless she allowed God to deal with that. Maybe maybe you're dealing with abandonment today. Maybe you don't. Maybe you were felt like you were abandoned as a child. Maybe you felt like that that when the people that should have been there for you weren't there for you. So now you don't trust anybody. You you won't you, you you get close to people and then you get rid of them because eventually they're gonna they're gonna do something that's gonna upset you and you can't trust them. Maybe, maybe it was physical abuse. Maybe it was verbal abuse. Maybe somebody talked down to you or talked bad about you your whole entire life. Maybe you were bullied in, high, in, in school and the, and the girls or the boys were so rude to you, you felt like there's nothing you could do to please anybody. So you go through your life just trying to change your lifestyle and change the way you act around certain people so that people around you like you. So you'll be anything to make people like you. And nobody wins in that because nobody really gets to know the real you. And you've done that for so long that you don't even know who you are anymore. See, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Maybe it's a mistake you made. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's something that happened in a, in a marriage. There's a lot of people that, that their marriage ends catastrophically. And they begin to tell themselves, I will never be able to be happy again. I will never be good enough in God's eyes because of what happened in my past. Maybe you walk in that condemnation and, and, and you're always trying to work to please God. You're always trying to do just, just good enough so that you can get in the, in, just in the edge of the light so that you can please God because you're worried about what happened yesterday to define how God loves you today. Where are you at today in that? Fail relationships. I can remember one thing that scarred me is, is uh, I remember in youth one day, this girl, we were going somewhere, and uh, I didn't really like the girl, but uh, um, not like, not really like her, but didn't like her, like, thought she was hot stuff. And they were talking about, you need to go, you need, you need. I was like 13 years old. Ugly, whoo, I was bad shape. Amen. I love, thank you. I love you too. I'm still trying to get rid of that. I'm dealing with it. But anyway, I, I was going through that, and, and uh, a girl I said, you, you said, you know what? Won't you, won't, you, won't you go out with Jeremy? Won't you and Jeremy date? She was like, that ugliest, scrawny thing. And that killed me. Really, it killed me. I was like, I'm, I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just ugly. I don't know. And I couldn't. I was the ugly duckling of the family. I'm just, <laughs> shut up, Bobby. But, I, you, know, you know, I just didn't feel like I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I could, I didn't date nobody. I really didn't. I didn't go after anybody because I felt like I was going to be rejected. I didn't try to, 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 to do anything. And, and it's crazy because the only way me and Sabrina got together is because I got her phone number for a friend. And she gave me the phone number because she thought I wanted it, not to my friend. And when she found out I gave it to my friend, she got mad. And then I was like, hold up, that girl might like me. <laughs> she can't see. That's what's wrong. <laughs> and the reality was she couldn't see because her eyes got open when we were married about five years. And I was like, praise God, you in it now. You can't get out. But it wounded me for so long. And I had to deal with that whole thing. I had to deal with that. And so we allow stuff to feel like, fail relationships, it wounds us, and we feel like that we will never be good enough for anybody. See, not dealing with sore spots affects our life in a huge way because we constantly feel condemned. We're constantly walking through it. Maybe divorce has affected you as a child. Maybe, maybe, maybe your parents got a divorce and you feel like that you did something wrong. If there's something you could have done different, if there's something that you could have just, if you could have, if you could have 
uh, if you could have loved them more, if you could have uh, not fussed as much, you could have not acted out as much, maybe if you could have done more, then they wouldn't have got a divorce. You walk in that thinking that it was you. And I want to tell you something. It wasn't you. There are so many people walking that thinking that it was about, that it was my fault that this happened. And it wasn't. So you're trying to love people so much more. You're trying to go above and beyond, trying to earn your worth instead of realizing that your worth isn't in what you do. It's in who you serve. So what's your sore spot? What is your sore spot this morning? What, 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 when it, when you, what, what's festering up on you? Maybe today's the day that you cover that wound with the truth of God's word and you allow it to start healing from the inside out. Because God doesn't want us to live a life less than what he has prepared for us. Amen? What did that scripture say? He says, I came so that you may have life and have it to the full. He didn't say that I came so you could live in the past, so that you would stay dissatisfied and disgruntled. He didn't say that. He says that he came so you may have life to the full. I want to tell you, what, what is robbing you of your peace? What is robbing you of, of walking and taking that next step? Some of you won't take the next step because you don't think you're worthy of the next step. That's a good indicator. That's a sore spot in your life. Some of you won't take the next step because you're insecure about it. Well, what if I mess up? What if I mess up? You're going to mess up. We all do every day. If I didn't preach because I was worried that I was going to mess up, I would never open my mouth. I shocked all of y'all last week with what come out of my mouth. People say things. People do things. We got to get over it and say, what's for the betterment of the kingdom? Amen? So what's holding you back? Jesus says he came to give you life and give it more abundantly, but the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. What has been destroying your relationship with God? Because if we walk in condemnation, it separates us because we don't want to deal with it. We'd rather not deal with it. We'd rather just push it off because if I, if I just keep ignoring it, then that means it's not there, right? No. What happens is that when we don't deal with it, we pick up the chains of condemnation. We pick up these chains. You know, even though you might have one sore spot, and it's easy to walk with it. It's easy to walk with, with, with the condemnation of, of not fitting in. It's easy to walk with that. You can drag that along, and it's pretty easy. But you know what? You can tell that it's there. You can tell that it's there. You know, if you don't deal with that, then, 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 then the feeling of not being good enough or, or you know, you have, to, you have to be pleasing enough. You have to work hard enough. Then you got that work base. Then like you got to work hard enough to get God's grace and to get into heaven. I got to do X, Y, and Z. So you bring on this next chain. So you're toting this next chain. And every step you take, you hear this. You hear the bondage. You know you're trapped by it. Every time you take a step, you hear it. And when you hear that sound, it makes you feel less likely to be overcomer. Amen? You hear me? How many of us do that every day? We're just dragging all this baggage with us. And we know we got it. You know you got it. But you won't deal with it because you, you choose to just keep doing life without it. And what happens is you don't experience the abundant life God's called you to live. But Jesus wants to take these chains and he wants to break them. And if I wish I could break these chains, I'd show you how to do it, but I can't do it. The only one that can do that in this room is probably Rick, but the only one that can break those chains in your life is Jesus. And you can keep trying. Dr. Phil can't fix you. All right? Y'all with me? I can't fix you. But the God that made you can we have to put our hands back into God's hands. We have to allow the potter that, started, that made us to fix the cracks that we have caused in our life. And sometimes it's not even cracks that we cause. Sometimes it's cracks from other people that have caused hurt in our life. 
Maybe it's the past. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you'll ever be good enough. I'm telling you, church, God has called us to be a joyful, happy people that is serving him, not out of, not out of obligation, not out of trying to, to, to do good because trying to get his love. We're doing it because we are grateful for the sacrifice Jesus has made. So we're living this life out every single day, passionately sold out to the glory of God because we know that he has broken every chain of bondage in our life. And you won't live a life to the fullest until you realize the chains he's broken in your life. You won't be a child of God that is truly pursuing Jesus Christ if you don't allow him to break the chains in your life. See, he wants to do that. He wants to change your life today. He wants to break those circumstances, those situations. He wants to take that junk that Satan keeps putting in your mind. He wants to break that loose, but you got to allow him. See, the cool thing about a chain is that it can't do nothing unless it's attached to something. And some of you have got this stuff attached around you, and you got it wrapped around your waist, and it's locked down, and you can't get, you've been trying to rid it your whole life, and you can't get rid of it. It's just locked on to you. The only way is you got to allow Jesus to unbuckle it and take it loose. That song says, my God's a chain breaker. He's a way maker. He's a prison wall shaker. And if I could go down each row here and touch each one of you and tell you exactly what God, where, where you feel condemned and touch you, tell you exactly what God wants to do in your life, just touch you and, you and all of a sudden I could undo that and I could free you right now, let me tell you something. I would do it, but I can't because you got to want it. You got to want it. And some of you have been struggling so long that you have identified your life by the struggle not by Jesus. So it's always a struggle. It's always, that's the reality. And it's nothing to do with God. It's all about you and the struggle and the pity party you keep throwing for yourself. He don't want you to walk in that. He wants you to walk in freedom. See, when we uncover our sore spots, it allows us to heal. We identify what it is. It allows us to heal. And one of the greatest things to help me is to write out my story. Yeah, we might write out our testimony. You know, we, you know when we write out a testimony, we leave out all the bad stuff, don't we? We write, oh, God did this and God did that, but we don't show where we, how we felt. We don't, we don't state in there where, how bad off we truly were. And some of y'all are going to be exaggerating, you know, be like, I was... I was this, I was, I, was, I was the most horrible person on the planet, and you wasn't because you've allowed Satan to magnify that. Chains will make you fall too. So I challenge you. This is your homework, okay? Y'all with me? Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Back row, y'all with me? All right. Second row, second to the backs with me. The thing is, I want you to write out your story. Write out the things that happened in your life to make you feel not accepted. The things that make you feel condemned. Why you feel like you will never be good enough to serve God. Write, write down those, the, the, your story. The thoughts, that, the, keep, the reoccurring thoughts that keeps coming through your head. The insecurities you have. The only way you're going to get freed from those things is to identify where the sore spots are. Will you do that for me this week? You ain't got to bring it back. I ain't checking your homework. But in order to heal, we got to identify the problem. And I promise you that if you identify the problem and you give that to Jesus, and you say, God, I don't know how to deal with this hurt. I don't know how to deal with this pain, but I have trust and faith that you will, he will. And it's time for a lot of us in this room to get some peace. Amen. Because... The enemy kills, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and more abundantly. You know what gives us life is the truth of God. Amen? Because Satan wants to lie to us. See, in Genesis chapter 3, oh, Lord, I love this. In Genesis chapter 3, see, Adam and Eve, they were listening to the wrong voices that led them down the wrong road. And a lot of us have been listening to the wrong voices our whole life. 
Maybe it's the voices in your own head. But they listened to those voices, and what happened was it, it, took, you, it took them on a, on a path that did not please God. But the, the moment they ate of the fruit, they felt condemned. They felt rejected. They felt like something was missing. So they ran and they, hide, they hid. So when you feel condemned, you feel not good enough, you go and you hide from God. And a lot of you have been walking in a dry place, not feeling the presence of God because you're not in his presence, because you're walking in condemnation. And the only way you free yourself of that condemnation is saying, you know what, I realize I've messed up and come back to God. But what I love about my God, what I love about him is that what happened in Genesis 3 is that he knew Adam and Eve had messed up, but yet he went and pursued them anyway. See, he's available right now to you. And he pursued them anyway. And when they were hiding, trying to think they could hide from God, you think you're hiding from God and you're not hiding. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly what emotions that hurt is producing right now. Don't act like you're fooling God because you're not that smart. Me neither. But God, knowing that they did, he could have, man, he could have squished them right there. But he didn't. And what did God do? God found them right there in the middle of their condemnation. And he said, what did you do? And they had, what, the part of healing in this scripture is what I love is, is what they had to do is they had to tell him what they did. See, when we acknowledge what happened, when we, when we verbalize what happened, then it becomes the reality and then we can deal with it. But as long as we don't talk about it, it becomes some kind of fictional thing that holds us down. So he began, they told God what happened. As they told God what happened, what did God do? He didn't say, apart from me. He didn't say, get out of my sight. What did he do? See, they had tried to cover themselves with that fig leaf, right? They, they, they were naked. They, 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 they were vulnerable. They felt like uh, there was shame. See, condemnation brings shame. And it makes us want to hide. And we try to cover our own shame by our own motives. By, by maybe we put up that facade. Maybe we put up that, that hard shell. Maybe we, we, we shun people. Maybe we try to just hide from people. We just don't want to get around people. So we try to, we try to protect ourselves like Adam and Eve did. But you know, that covering wasn't good enough, was it? What did God do? God takes, he brings them to himself. And he says, you know, what you've done is horrible. But you know what? I'm gonna make a sacrifice for it. See, Adam and Eve didn't have to make the sacrifice for their sin. God made it for them. God sacrificed an animal to atone for their sins so they could be, for that condemnation could be gone and they could be in the right relationship with God. And what did he do next? See, what they tried to cover their sin was was insufficient. So God made a covering for their sin and gave it to them. They covered their, their nakedness, covered their shame, gave them that, 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 that skin of that animal that, they, that, he, that he sacrificed so that they could walk in the right relationship with God. Do you see the beauty of that church? It's because we were dead in our transgressions. There's nothing any of us could do apart from Jesus to be acceptable in God's sight. We demanded death. But yet, God loved us anyway. He sent a sacrifice for us, which was Jesus. And he sent Jesus. to pay the atonement for our sins so we could not, so we don't have to walk in condemnation if we're walking in Jesus. And what I love about that is, you know, the moment that we start following Christ, that not mean that, that the shame don't go away, does it? It doesn't mean that all that stuff goes away. It doesn't mean that overnight we're a different creature. We are changed. We are redeemed. And you have to keep pursuing God for him to change your life. But the reality is you're covered. The grace of God covers you covers all your iniquity, covers all your pain. It covers you. You have to realize that what you have been trying to cover it up with is not sufficient. That you have to realize that the blood of Jesus covers you. And then when God sees you, it's just like this Bible. When God sees you, he doesn't see you as this Bible. He's got you covered. 
He's got you covered. And you're in Jesus. And all he sees is Jesus. He sees the perfect spotless lamb. He doesn't see the dirtiness of your life anymore if you're truly in Christ. So why should we walk condemned, church? Why should we walk believing the lie? We walk around like we're this filthy, unlovable creature, forgetting that we're covered by the goodness and graces of God. And is that something to be excited about? That's something we should be praising about every day. The only way that we walk, the only way that you walk out of this condemnation, the only way you walk out of this suffering, the only way you walk out of this place that you are right now, of feeling unfulfilled, feeling like this this following Jesus stuff is just craziness, the only way you, you walk out of that is you give it to God. And you intentionally walk it out. You walk it out. You give it to Him every single day. You know what I have to do? I have a lot of insecurities. Sometimes I feel like I'm schizophrenic. I got so many voices in my head. That was meant to be a joke. I was just kidding. But, but you're not good enough. You're going to fail. You're not loving your wife enough. You're that ugly duckling. She's going to leave you. That was another joke. Y'all didn't laugh at it. See, y'all just feeding my insecurity. I have these voices. You know what I have to say is, Satan, shut up. Get behind me. Because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And I have to do that sometimes two times a minute, sometimes two times a day. But the only way that you fight the condemnation, you got to go back to the God that created you. And if you truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you truly are following God, then you'll, you'll go back to that because you're covered. But if you're not covered, if you're constantly walking in condemnation, the chances are you don't have a true relationship with Christ because we have to realize that Jesus covers the multitude of sins. Amen? Amen. Condemnation is gone when Jesus is found in my life. God wants you to walk in freedom. And I can tell you that the past two years I've been bound not knowing really who I was. And I allowed everybody else to tell me who I was. And I let the expectations of other people tell me who I was. Tell me that I'm not good enough. Tell me that this, tell me that that. And I'm trying to, to be all these other, all these people to everybody else and, and I'm not really true to who God made me. And that gets exhausting. And some of you are where I was at. You're just tired. You're just tired. You just want peace. See, Satan wants you to get to the place where you just want to quit. You just want to give up. Because if you get to that place, then you can't be used anymore. And I was at that place. I was at that crossroads where I had to choose death or life. I had to choose, am I going to walk in what I preach every day? Am I going to listen to what God's telling me? And let me tell you something, I've never experienced the freedom I have experienced the last four days. God's breaking chains in my life, and I pray he can break chains in yours. But you got to go back. Is did I have an encounter with God, and has he changed my life? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, then you're still tied down to those chains. So if you're here today, and you don't know who Jesus is. You don't have a true relationship with him. Maybe you just have an affiliation with him. You don't truly have a true relationship with God. If he's not the center of your life, then I challenge you today to raise your hand so that we can pray with you and we can lead you to your next step and say, I want to follow Jesus today. I have decided to follow Jesus. If that's you today, just raise your hand. We just want to celebrate with you. We want to praise God for changing your life. Anybody? But the thing is, what I love about John 10.10 10, is that there is no middle ground. Either we're living a life more abundantly or we're living a life chained. So today, I challenge you. Is it time to break the chains? 
Is it time to, to, to break what's holding you back? Is it time for you to, or are you going to keep toting them? Or are you going to keep toting them? Because God gives us the opportunity. God gives us the chance. God's giving you the choice right now. Are you still going to be walking in rejection and in condemnation? Or are you going to give it to him today? And as I pray and the band comes up, you respond. You do business with God. Don't sit there and remain the same. If you want somebody to pray with you or pray over you, then by all means, grab me. Grab somebody in a blue shirt. But let's do business with God. Amen? Let's just don't sit there stone cold and wallow in it. Let's do business and get broken free of those chains today. Father God, we come to you right now. And Lord, I come to you, Lord, as you've been reminding me all morning as the faith of a child of knowing that God did. Uh, Lord, if we'll just take that step, God, you'll, take, you'll, you'll remove the change from us. That God, if we'll take that step of obedience, then God, you'll change us. That God, we, we, I just pray, Father, that, that that faith level will go up. God, show us today what, what, what's been festering in our life for so long. God, I pray right now you would reveal those things that condemnation we walk in, those, those problems that we walk in, Lord, that unfulfillment that we have. God, show us, Lord, so that we may give you glory and we may give you honor with our lives. God, we ask you to do business because only you can change us, Lord. And God, it's so often that people think that a pastor wants something from them, but God, I so desire this for everyone in this room. I so desire, God, that they would be intentional, Lord, in removing the chains in their life, that they would be intentional with giving them to you today. Because, God, I want them to feel you the way I feel you, God. And there's no condemnation in you. So, Father God, I pray that we would allow you to be the chain breaker that you are. Deal with us, Lord. Change us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Stand. And if God's dealing with you, meet me at this altar.